0: Welcome back, everyone, to an episode of the Steel Target Paint Podcast. You know, Steve and I have made a commitment to get more of these out. And so we're doing this uh, the following week from the last one. And uh, hopefully everyone's enjoying what we talk about. And uh, again, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, um, We're going to ignore them, but you're welcome to post them on the Steel Target Paint <laughs> Podcast Facebook page.
1: I was going to um, say, send the concerns to Jeff. All the other good stuff, send it to me.
0: <laughs> and, you know, as always, is my partner in crime on this podcast, one of my best friends and a phenomenal shooter in person, Steve Foster. Steve, how are you doing this morning? Stop it, Jeff. I'm blushing. Good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. It's, uh, it's early Wednesday morning. Uh, we, uh, Steve's driving into work. I got up early. This is a perfect time for us to uh, spend some time talking about Steel Challenge shooting and everything that's going on in our environment. And, uh, and with that, Steve, I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things and, and get your perspective, and, and I'll add mine. This coming weekend is the Area 6 Steel Challenge Championships. Uh, over at the Volusia County Gun and Hunt Club in uh, New Smyrna Beach. What do you do to prepare for a major?
1: (laughs) Well, the first thing I don't do is I don't switch a bunch of gear and guns and put new dots on and that kind of thing. That's what I don't don't do. It's interesting, you know, As I lead up to a match like that, I do increase my frequency of shooting if I take a week off here or there. Um, That's not the time for a major match, in my opinion. So leading up to at least the first, I don't know, four or five days, if it's a world speed shoot, maybe it's six or seven days, I try to get at least a couple hundred rounds uh, downrange. And I also try to uh, rotate through every stage so it's somewhat fresh in my mind. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that's, it's kind of a pesky problem, but with the rimfire rifles, um, I always make sure that I clean the mags maybe a week ahead of time and as well as the gun, do a deep clean on everything. And then I'll shoot the gun, you know, a couple hundred rounds. Um, but I want to make sure after I take something apart that I always function test it and, and all that kind of jazz. And then, and then as I'm, cause most matches of course are out of town, and two days prior to the match, that's when I start the packing process. I'll go through and and actually have a, a checklist, if you will, and I do it by gun to make sure that I don't get to New Smyrna Beach and I don't have some magazines for a gun that I'm shooting.
0: So or, uh, I'm going to start packing know, Like I experienced yesterday at our local USPSA match as I pulled out my open gun and um, realized my ammo was on the counter at home. Uh, <laughs> yeah no.
1: but 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 i do i pack everything by gun so when i'm yeah. i'm i'm staging everything to pack it's i'm loading each gun ahead of time not physically the gun itself right but loading the, the gun in the
0: car yeah
1: yeah yeah and it's all staged by the ammo mags gun holster if there's a holster those types of things it's all a, a process just to make sure that it's repeatable um you know, and the same thing with the clothes. I, I start packing two days ahead of time. So the day ahead of time, you know, the day prior to me leaving, everything's packed and, and ready to rock and roll. So I, I think those things are 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 pretty important. But I think the shooting cadence is probably more what people are interested in. At yeah, least well, couple, that's where I was going. Yeah. You
0: know, for me, it's um, I have different modes. For the different matches and the different practices and the different preparations, you know, so standard practice mode is, you know, I'm pushing myself. I'm trying to figure out where I can go faster. Uh, and if I go faster in certain areas, how consistent is that speed? Um, you know, I'm, I'm a man of many uh, phrases and, you know, one of the ones I've been using lately and it's, Hey, I'm sure I'm not the first person to ever use it is you can't go fast until you go fast and people look at me like, huh? And, but if you break it down, it makes sense. If you just consistently stay in your comfort zone, making sure you're going one for one, but you're not pushing your speed, you're never going to get faster. Um, I'm sure that when, you know, you were on your, your road to, uh, the, uh, the sub 60, um, you were probably shooting strings that had you hit consistently, you probably would have shot a sub 50.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a true statement. Yep.
0: You know, um, and, and that should, you know, think about that people. That means, you know, uh, over the course of, of eight stages, uh, you know, he was probably shooting 10 seconds over. Well, let's just make it eight seconds over. Okay. Well, you can do some, Simple math and go, well, that's just a second faster a stage. And yes, there are faster stages. And there are stages that aren't quite as fast and ones where you can you can pick up more. But let's just average it as a second a stage. It's a quarter second a string. And you go, wow, that's it's just a quarter right. second a string. But when you're at <laughs> that's when all you're man. at Steve's <laughs> level, even at my level, and quite frankly, even at the level you're at now, that's an eternity. That's an eternity. Yeah. And, you know, and yes, it's simple math. You can sit there and go, well, there's five transitions. So that's only 0.05 seconds per transition. It doesn't work that way (laughs) Um, because there's some things that you're just not going to be, you know, at some point you might be going as fast as you possibly can to get there and you're not going to pick anything up and you got to figure out other places where you're going to do it. Um, and this is where, you know, for those of you, you heard me mention, uh, it in a previous podcast and, and go back if you're on Facebook, um, uh, search for Kenny nag, look for his post, uh, when he shot, uh, 482, 43, 44, something like that on showdown. But the interesting thing about it and I and the thing that I actually posted and appreciated about that was the fact that he posted his splits. He posted the practice score pad and it showed the splits and you get to see what his draw is, what he's shooting to each plate and you can start comparing that. And that's how I have improved my shooting is actually breaking down the splits and looking at it. Where can I pick up time and how do I get over there? Um, I mean, and I know I've mentioned this to many people and possibly on this podcast, but you know, third shot on accelerator snapping over to the large plate, number four, um, that's a big transition and you better get there. And if you don't, that's where you're probably losing a lot of time, but anyways, back to, um, back to this. So you're prepping the van or your car and, and you're getting everything there a couple days before, you know, I'm able to do very similar things uh, in that virtually everything except guns and ammo that I need for a a match is in, in the shooting van already. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just have that advantage. Eyes, ears, uh, magazines are either in a bag with a gun or in the van uh rigs uh and then of course the accoutrement of everything else with regards to you know uh towels and you know all that stuff yeah, all the
1: snacks snacks and stuff like that yes
0: yes can't go anywhere without snacks <laughs> it's just a, just <laughs> well a very... you
1: know at some ranges though i mean you know at some level level two matches um like your match as an example, Jeff, you know, you got water in stages, you have lunch and so on and so forth. Um, other matches, you know, will have snacks and those types of things and your match had snacks as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not every match does that. So if you're shooting full sessions in a day and, you know, the older I get, the less appealing that is to me, but you know, it's important to stay hydrated and it's important to, important to keep, uh, keep the, the fuel and the body going. So that's, that's a, that's an important thing. But one thing that I do want to touch back on. So it's, it's one thing to talk about, you know, Hey, we're shooting, you know, a couple days ahead of the match or up to a week ahead of the match, try to shoot every day and that kind of thing. But it's, I I think it's more important to talk a little bit more about what, what I'm focused on. I I think that there are times, you know, when, you know, a year and a half ago or so, when um, I shot under, 60 seconds. And my goal leading up to that, you know, when I sat down with Chris, we were were a war game of what that looked like. We were actually looking stage by stage, what kind of time that we needed to shoot and those types Mm -hmm. of things. And so there were certain stages that I shot plenty fast enough, but there are a couple of other stages like outer limits and speed option. Um, Even I would say pendulum and five to go those four stages. I had some room on, um, and so we would, you know, really push those stages hard and try to figure out, you know, how can I squeeze out that little little extra? But the other stages, um, and I would say this is true leading up to a major match, I'm not trying to to burn it down. I haven't looked at my, you know, rimfire rifle open as an example. My uh, peak time, it's probably in the low 50s, 52, 53, 54, somewhere in there, you know. So I'm not expecting um, to go out and shoot. You know 54 every time just because that's what my you know my peak time is because there's a lot of people out there that you know have as fast peak times or maybe um, even faster peak times and haven't broke 60 seconds yet yep and so I, I i think and that's what i want to talk about is it's more of you know i want to make sure because especially if you don't have the luxury of having a range close or something like that or have access to a range Um, or, you know, it's far away or something like that. What I'm spending my time at the ranges, I'm really getting back into the, you know, being able to see the dot, see the plate, feel what that being in control and working on that edge and that targeted edge that I've talked about for the last couple of years is to make sure that I'm building confidence in my shooting that I can go out there to, you know, smoke and hope and shoot a 620 on command. I mean, you know, like it's the easiest thing that I've done all day. Because I think what happens even to some of the best of us, including myself, I know this is a Dr. Phil moment, but is that sometimes when you get into a major match, you see the competition, whether it's, you know, if you're a grandmaster, if you're a B class shooter or whatever, you see other people, you know, hey, you know what, I got to beat them in order to beat that person. I need to. No, 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 no. That's that's where you're thinking. That's a thinking error. You're going down the complete wrong path. It's don't worry about them. Just shoot your game and how well you can do it. And that's about staying in control. Um, I will say, I will say um, Jenna Larson did extremely well here the last uh, week or two weeks. I think it was the Corn Oscar classic. Um, she shot a 65. I think it was with a rimfire rifle open. And the impressive part about that is, and it's, you know, I talked to her dad, Paul, just a little bit about it. He's like, man, is she supposed to do that? So her, her um, classification time rear fire rifle open was right at at 65. So it'd be interesting to hear a little bit more from her, but you don't see those anomalies happen that much, you know, and Chris and I were talking about it here a couple of weeks ago, you know, he shot, you know, 55 or 56 in his peak time, I think maybe, or his uh, classification time, maybe in that 48, 49 range. It's like, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you continue to get that, those numbers closer? well, it comes with consistency of shooting, you know?
0: And so, you know, I'm, I'm glad you raised that, you know, cause I, I talk this to the, to my students all the time and, you know, I've adopted a lot of what you've talked about where, you know, that first string you're looking to be, you know, within 10 to 15% of, uh, of your average string time. Right. Um, you're not looking to burn it down. And I think a lot of people, you know, let, let's just do a simple one. <clears throat> let's say that, you know, your average string time on roundabout is two seconds. Okay. If your first string is a 220, you're right where you need to be. Yeah, for sure. It's not going to feel that way because you're going to go, I'm I'm two tenths of a second. No, you're right where you need to be. And then you need to step it up. And
1: We've talked about it before, though, but sometimes if you shoot that, you know, 85% 85% or whatever, and it feels chaotic and out of control, going faster is not going to make that situation better. Oh, I promise abs- you that.
0: Absolutely. Well, yeah. well, again, here's the other thing, again, knowing what your peak time is. Now, you're on your first string, and you go out there and you shoot a 180. Okay? Because you know your, your, your average of the best time you've ever shot on this stage is a is uh, on a string average is two seconds. You're already two tenths below that. Don't try to keep getting faster. Hold at that one eighty. Just keep doing what you're doing. Um, and because the match is not the time to try to 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 continually burn it down. Because if you do that, is there a potential? You could you could do great, absolutely. But there's, I believe, more potential that you're going to crash. You know, because um, if your average is two and you go one eighty, and then you start getting faster, and let's just say you get fortunate and you throw a one seventy, is a one sixty, which is now, you know, twenty, uh, twenty to uh, what's that, point uh, four, yeah, twenty percent faster. Is that really consistently in your wheelhouse? I don't know. You know, and I think, and I think the other thing, Jeff, along those lines, that. When
1: I'm coaching folks or doing some training, I talk about it and I find it more in shooters that I would say, you know, from D class all the way up to even master and um, people that are just becoming grandmasters. One of the phenomenons that happens is you get a you get a good first run. There's a little guy on your shoulder and you may not know that he exists that says, hey, go faster.
0: <laughs>
1: and, and, and so if you have that 225 and i'll tell somebody to shoot the same exact time 99.99% that i've done this for a, for a while 99.99% of the people will shoot like a 215 or a 2 flat and think it's the same 225 that they they first shot because there's you have to fight that urge of Hey, watch this! I can go faster, and it, and it happens in your subconscious. And you don't know you're doing it. So, I think it's a pretty eye-opening moment for a lot of people when when we talk about that kind of thing. So, I I preach the level of control, and I'm not going to call anybody out. But there's an exceptional shooter out there right now that I'm not sure if they recently broke into the fifties or not, but has the potential to be in the low fifties because they shoot that that fast it's kind of reminiscent of uh grant a couple of years ago where Grant just kind of dialed in on his consistency he was always a fast shooter but you know you get that one good stage well there's seven more and it's it's having that control and if you're not feeling it man don't don't put the foot on the gas and i'm not sitting here saying that you know because I did it a couple of years ago at the world speed shoot and cost me a world title because of it. Mm-hmm. I made a calcu- calculated decision on the last stage and I knew exactly where I was. Hey, I put my foot on the gas thinking, you know, the fastest time was going to be like a 63 and a half. And it was a 64 and a half. And I shot a 65 and a half because I pushed it on a couple of strings thinking I needed to shoot a 63 and a half. Whereas I would just would, a you know, shot my 85% on the stage, I probably would have, it would have been right about a 64. And it's like, yep. really, really people. So, you know, it's, but I'm not sitting here saying that it's, it's important to be in a position to be able to have, to make those decisions, not just let the match
0: run you, you run the match. So. Well, again, if, if you're an 80 shooter, Okay. And, and you've been consistently shooting, you know, in, in the low eighties and you, and, and you might even hit that, you know, in the, you know, 80 point something. Okay. Just because you're going to a major doesn't mean suddenly you're a 75 shooter. Right. Um, uh, you may shoot that, you know, um, and, and those anomalies happen, you know, you I mean I'm a data nerd. I've looked at a lot of my matches and. Um, I peak, I, I a number of my guns I've peaked at worlds and, and part of that is a preparation. It's exactly what you're talking about. It's getting out there, um, and, and going, it's, a, it's a different practice. It's, I'm not pushing as hard. Um, I'm practicing in kind of a match condition mode, uh, where, um, I'm, I'm, keeping my speed up, but I'm not going crazy. I'm not trying to build anything. I'm trying to maintain.
1: Right. Um, Right.
0: You know, I had a friend of mine who came back out and shot USPSA for the first time in nine months last night. And, um, he got most of his hits. I think he had a mic or two, uh, but he was really slow and, You know, we were talking on the phone afterwards and, and, you know, he said what I've said all along, you know, this is a learned skill. It's a diminishable skill. And the same thing holds true for steel challenge. You know, you see a lot of people that come back after, you know, uh, the ammo crisis or, or whatever, and they're just not able to shoot at the same level they were before consistently because they haven't been, they haven't continually kept doing it. You know, and this is why, you know, if you can get to matches, if you're if you're fortunate enough to have a home range, uh, because you're a multi-billionaire uh, with goats, um, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> you know, you got to get out there and and you got to do the work. Even if you can, I mean, there's been times, you know, I drive twenty minutes to the range. It's a twenty minute setup, so it's twenty minutes home, so it's an hour spent just not shooting and only spent an hour at the range just yeah. to get, you know, a little prep time in behind each gun. And it might only be 50 rounds. It's also, that was the other thing I wanted to talk about is that it, I'm not banging out, you know, a two, 300 round session uh, on each gun. It's uh, it's just, it's just staying relevant in the gun.
1: Uh, yeah. That, that's I, what I found works for me. Yeah.
0: So, uh, this weekend is area six, uh, getting ready for that. Uh, I was looking at the registrations. Doesn't look like you're going to be able to make it down here this weekend, eh? Well,
1: that's a great question. So, I, I haven't really posted all this nonsense out on social media or anything like that, but I got COVID about uh, four and a half weeks ago. And man, I'm just not in the same, you know. A- me and my oldest daughter, we've been working out a couple days a week with a personal trainer, losing some weight, building some muscle, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's uh, it's it's getting my wind back, man. It's um, uh, it's interesting. So I went back to working out last week, and man, it's like I haven't worked out at all, you know. <laughs> Steve, it's
0: Steve, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's not like you haven't worked out at all. You haven't worked out at all, okay?
1: Well, well, ha- after having COVID, man, it's like I can't.
0: Exactly, that's what I'm talking I, about. You're not going like, to be working out during that time.
1: Well, it, it, yeah, it's just, man, it's like you can't like get a full, full breath, and so doing better. My wife's got uh, pretty bad asthma, so she's not as good as what I'm doing right now. But um, um, you know, we're we've been doing better, and thankfully the kids are great and all that kind of stuff. But um yeah so we'll see you know I'll probably make the call today I really want to come down there and shoot because there's always great people there's great people everywhere but there's great people in Florida I want to support Greg and those guys and Dork and those guys um so I'll probably make the call today if uh, I'm feeling a little bit better I'll uh, I'll sign up if not I may have to get you on the second time around but <coughs> excuse me but I have committed to go shoot uh, the metal madness match the following week in Kentucky.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I, uh,
1: I have not been able to
0: shoot one of those yet. Uh, Have you ever shot it?
1: I have not, but there's no running and gunning. So that, yeah. so that's a good thing, but yeah, it's um, Ed white and his wife, Teresa, or as he calls her, Mrs. T. She, um, that, They've, I'm not sure how long Metal Madness has been around, maybe 10 years, somewhere in there, but they've got um, some affiliated ranges. I think there's six or seven of them. They, uh, their last match was, oh, when was it? It was six months ago. So April, May, somewhere in there. No, maybe it was in May or June. Anyway, they had, I think, 450 guns at their match. Wow. And this match when I was talking to Ed a couple of weeks ago, cause I'm making the um, dog tags for the warts and stuff like that for him. Um, I think they had 450 guns. He's thinking they could be well North of 500 guns. And there's a lot of people going to that match. So I'll, I'll be there uh, with my daughter and that kind of thing, having a good time for the weekend. But I guess it's, uh, it's one of these deals where, there's you're in a shooting house. I apologize because I've never shot it, but I've watched the video online and whatnot. You've got, it kind of looks like five stand, if you will. So you've got shooting positions in a house, you've got um, targets out in front of you and they're painted and numbered ordered. And they tell you what number order to shoot the targets in. So there's six different uh, divisions, if you will, there's uh, an open pistol and iron sight pistol open rifle, iron sight pistol, or they, I think they call it a stock pistol. And then Jeff, they've got a revolver division. So they've got uh, a revolver open and this is all rim fire by the way. Right. And then they've got uh, an iron sight revolver. So yeah man I got my 670s. seventeens I'm ready to rock and roll. I feel like a little I feel like a little kid man. I'm ready to do some planking with my uh, ten shooters, not my six shooters.
0: So, so. now is it is it still? Because I've seen I've seen the layout. I've never watched a video, but I've seen the layout. So yeah, you're right. You're in kind of a shoot house, and it looks to be you know multiple lanes. I think four or five, maybe even six lanes with a steel set up. It's painted. It's numbered. Okay, you're going to be in yeah. the red lane. Uh, I'm going to be in the blue lane. Okay, I see that the numbers are. It's not just regular. You know, I'm going to go back to front, and I got to shoot in the middle to to do it in order. So the RO has got to pay attention to that, but is it you against me, or is it still me against the time?
1: I think it's you against the time, and so what? It yeah, it's not a head head to head thing. It's um you, and I think the again I haven't shot it yet, but I'll know a lot more after next right. weekend. But I think you know there's one RO. Let's say let's for the sake of discussion say there's five shooters there. If the RO goes to shooter number one, runs them. You know, tells them what their order is. Are you ready? Stand by a beep and all that kind of stuff. And then they go to the next person, next person, next person, next person. And so you shoot them all, you know, in order. Kind of like shooting trap, if you will.
0: Right. And um, then and then all, they go reset the stage.
1: Yeah. And I think and that's kind of what I want to get my arms wrapped around is I think that the plates are hanging and I don't think there's any resetting. So, okay, well, they just
0: need to be repainted, I'm, I'm assuming.
1: Well, that's kind of, or I mean, maybe
0: not. I don't know. This, that, is, you that, know that what? That's, that's when, what I'm keeping my eyes on, Jeff. You know? This is what two weeks from now, yeah, week and a half, yeah, yeah. yeah so, in a couple podcasts, uh, we're, we'll be looking for a report on, um, just the mechanics of uh, Metal Madness and then, uh, how you like shooting it,
1: yeah. And I, I, I think what is appealing is, is I don't think there's any. I don't think the targets are overly difficult. I don't know how far they go out. I'm guessing 15 to 20 yards. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll have all those specifics. But I, the part that appeals to me is, and why I want to support that match is, is it's meant for all ages and all shooters. You know, I think at their last match, they had 18 or 19 junior shooters at the match. There's a picture out on their social media page where all the junior shooters that competed that weekend. And there was a lot of kids there, which I think is just so cool. And you had uh, differently abled folks that are that could shoot that match, you know, because there's no running, gunning, and it's all 22 and, you know, all that kind of jazz. I know that Ed was up at SASP at the Nationals, so he had his mobile trailer up there and they had, you know, their, their uh, setup set up up there. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people that, you know, aren't in Kentucky talking about it because they shot it or had an opportunity to try it up at the SASP National. So yeah, man, I'm looking uh, I'm looking forward to it. So it's somewhere in Kentucky. I gotta make my hotel reservations uh today. But no, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. But I again I like the appeal to more of the, you know, entry level shooters and, you know, it's just kind of like a backyard game kind of having fun and you know it's it's serious you know i mean there's there's six divisions i think there's six different placements um you know whether it's master expert you know they have their own ranking so it's not like a you know d through gm um conceptually
0: you've put something together so you can oh
1: yeah yeah there's there's a subscription you know a membership Uh, So your times are tracked and you're classified and all that kind of stuff. So,
0: well, I'm looking here at a picture of a layout and I'm getting a better understanding now. So really what they've got is uh, they've got the lanes, different Mm -hmm. lanes are colored. okay, and they're in somewhat of a triangular. Layout. So the lane on the end is on the, on the, say the right side is kind of that, that or on the left side is like that left side of a triangle. Okay. Yep. And then you get, you, you move in. So the lane in the middle, dead center, you're just shooting straight down instead of shooting back at an right. angle. Right, and right, then it right, looks right. like there's, so each lane is, is colored and it looks like there's four lanes or four rows, excuse me, four rows. And you can hang up to two targets per row. So it looks like this is set up to be, you know, you could possibly shoot up to eight targets in a, in a, in a string. Um, And so what I'm guessing, and again, this is going to be very interesting to hear back from you is that, you know, your first time up, you're going to shoot the, uh, you know, I'm going to shoot the blue lane, but you're going to shoot the white lane and, Timmy's going to shoot the red lane. And then we get up again when it's our turn and we're switching lanes. So everybody shoots again, the same, they shoot the lanes. They're going to shoot the same thing. And you're absolutely right. Looking at this, the targets don't get painted. Uh, They're white. They've got numbers on them. Um, And so, yeah, there isn't even a, uh, and they're hanging. There isn't a reset. Doesn't even look like there's a repaint because you wouldn't want to paint over the numbers. Um, yeah, I'm very interested it. I love the idea. You know, I shot my first rimfire challenge match, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's oh, not Ninja. very, yeah, it's not very big down here in Florida. Uh, they had a matchup at Hernando. Um, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was challenging. Uh, I like the concept that you've got to be good in both the rifle and the pistol to do well in the match. You can't just be focused on, on one of them. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to get back there and, and shoot it again and, and, and possibly, you know, find others that I can go shoot. Cause uh, I enjoyed it, you know? I mean, my heart is still in Steel Challenge, but you know, I'm not adverse to trying other things and uh, seeing what they're like, like you're doing with Metal Madness.
1: Yeah, I think Rimfire Challenge is, um, it's a great concept um, because of the very target presentation. And, uh, you know, I was talking to somebody recently about improvements to Steel Challenge, and that's that's another podcast by itself. Yep. Um, but, you know, people are talking about, well, you know, you need more stages to Steel Challenge. No, nah, you really don't. Nope. You know, it's... <laughs> it's but, but what I found, though, is that the best Steel Challenge shooters in the world are also the best rimfire Challenge shooters in the world. It's not a coincidence. Right. And some of the best rimfire Challenge shooters in the world are the best SASP shooters in the world. And so, you know, it's it's, it's whatever you like. But the good part about uh, Rimfire Challenge is the varying target presentations. The part, Jeff, that I absolutely hate about Rimfire challenges, man, I'm not sure what to do after five shots, you know? Oh, there's a couple, <laughs> more, couple more plates I need to engage. So I, so I say that. But, the
0: very uh, first time, the very first string, I get up to this and I'm shooting pistol first and I get up to the stage <clears throat> and I'm like, okay, seven targets looking at the present. Okay. I'm going to shoot it this way. Great. Um, make ready. Great. Just threw Megan racked it. No Barney. And I missed three times and got to the stop plate and it went click. <laughs> <laughs> And I went, oh, okay. So this game, that's right. I have, I can't miss as much because I'm not going to have as much uh, ammo. So, uh, yeah, I had fun. I had fun. It's um, it's good. And you know, I'm glad you mentioned something about this because uh, with regards to you know uh, rimfire challenge shooters and steel challenge shooters and S.A.S.P. shooters and I hear a lot of people say, "Well, steel challenge shooters are that fast because of the muscle memory," and I don't buy it.
1: No, I'm. I'm I agree, hundred percent.
0: It's it's to me, it's more about the techniques you're using to shoot the stage, and. You know, you and I have talked about this at Nauseam. And, you know, when you shot at the time, the world record for smoking and hope and rimfire rifle open. Yep. Which was, if I'm not mistaken, a 596.
1: Yeah, somewhere. Okay. Now.
0: We talked about it afterwards and you told me you're you saw the dot on every plate. Absolutely. Okay. And I've been working with my students and, you know, especially on Smoke and Hope, uh, people are like, oh, I just got to have white in the reticle and I'm going to pull the trigger. And I'm like, if that's what you feel is the best thing to do, after you realize it's not, let's talk about what the right thing to do is. Yeah. Yeah. Um and so I had one of my students. Uh, you know, how do I get faster? What am I going to do? And I said, just see the dot. Start off by just seeing the dot, and then move faster. Still seeing the dot. Now, yeah, that's easy. How do you shoot faster? Well, go faster. Well, you got to learn how to go faster. And you know, uh, smoke and hope is a classic one, and so are the other stages. But it's super apparent in smoke and hope. And this is something I don't think we've ever talked about. And it's why Kenny Nag's uh, practice score uh, post. And, you know, I've looked at I've watched other people. And if you go to the World Speed Shooting Championships last year, you know, and you have practice score competitor, you can download that. um, The AMG Labs timer was used on every stage. So you could actually go look at, you know, what was Steve Foster's draw on five to go for the five strings okay and that's that's huge but the reason i bring up specifically the draw or you know for maybe lack of a better term i like to use the word draw regardless of the gun but the first shot because you're really not drawing on the the low ready guns but your time to your first shot um really helps you understand what your reaction time is. And I think a lot of people don't realize that while you can be fast on the course of fire, that's just as important to be focused and waiting for that beep. And as soon as you hear the first sound of that beep, you're moving. For sure. And, And, you know, I mean, what was Kenny? I think Kenny's draws on Smoke and Hope are like in the low point fours.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I've actually shared this with him. Is that his first shots are not as fast as other people's first shots? Mm-hmm. And I told and I and I told him I said, "Man, your first shot's not as uh, fast as this old fat guy," <laughs> but his. His transition and his splits are yep. just on fire. And so, hey, yeah, you know what? Get your good first shot and let it rip, man. That, Whew. man. Well, you amazing. know, it, it's interesting,
0: too, because, you know, one of the things that, that I tell a lot of people is, you know, because everyone's like, oh, what's your draw? What's your draw? What's your draw? It's like, yeah, the draw is important. And and, and, is. And, a, and a fast draw can, can really help you. But it's how fast you get to the last plate. Not how fast you get to the first plate you know yeah that's true um and you know it it might be for kenny um uh, and maybe we're going to have to get him on the podcast i'm asking this question where for him that draw is at that speed because he's that's how he's guaranteed to acquire the dot on the first plate and then once he's got that he's very comfortable transitioning as fast as he does yeah Um, so yeah, you've got his number. Let's, let's work on getting Kenny on the, on here and, 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 uh, and beat up on the punk. (laughs) I think he's, (laughs) he's he's one of those, he's He's one of those kids where it's it's okay. It's, it's, it's that's even better. It's It's, it's like, that's perfect. (laughs) It's perfect for me. You know, I mean, this is another one of those kids that, you know, you multiply his age by four. And I'm still older.
1: <laughs> hey, hey, check this out, Jeff. You were talking about the AMG lab timer. Yeah. I didn't tell you what I I didn't tell you what I did last week, did I? What'd you do? I I'm embarrassed to say this. So we've had a lot of rain and storms and what have you in Georgia for the last well, not for the last couple of days, but the week prior. Oh right. my goodness. It, it was pretty bad. Oh, yeah. So, me being a knucklehead, I was doing some training with somebody and somehow I left my AMG Labs timer out on the range. So, it went... Uh, to go swimming? Quite a, not quite a full week in the rain, but <laughs> it was pretty close. So, uh, yeah, I took the batteries out and all that kind of jazz and uh, let her dry out so there wasn't any water in the screen anymore. And... Alex doesn't recommend this, but it actually works right now. I, I'm like, holy cow! So I'm going to send it back to him, just to have him go through it make sure that you know. It's well, he's gonna-
0: probably gonna he's probably gonna put that on his wall as a testament to the fact that you know the the power of staying in the rain for a week and it still works.
1: Oh yeah, in sun and oh yeah, it's crazy. Alex. It's Alex
0: crazy. is a, is a, is a great dude. Um, he's put out a great product. Um. And uh, I couldn't be happier uh, with with using it. It's just, you know, you look at a lot of other timers, and yeah, they they had splits, and you could look at them. But the ease of use, and of course, the integration with Practice Score. Oh, priceless! You know, if you've got a uh, uh, an iPad, an Android, an iPhone, you know. Uh, any any of the and the, and the and the smart devices you know you can go to the google store you can go to uh, uh, itunes and get practice score the app for free yeah. and hook it in to your th- to your to your timer and you know the the beautiful thing about that timer is you can look at the last 3 strings and all the splits of your last three strings But if you actually hook it up with practice score, you can get it to record everything. Yeah. And, you know, there's another app and, um, you know, I am, I am not a paid sponsor. This is, this is not, uh, this is not anything like that. Um, Alex, uh, or not Alex, Eugene, uh, who is the, uh, creator of practice score competitor, um, has another app out there, uh, where practice score, the app is going to record just five strings, uh, because it's set up for a match, um, his app, uh, and it's something like practice score trainer or something of that nature. You can find it on the, on the, uh, the stores, um, will record ad infinitum number of strings and the splits. So you could go back and look at it. And, you know, if you're shooting, say a, a five string session, or a 10 string session and you're like, well, man, how did my third string compare to my seventh string? Um, that app can provide that to you because you're going to have that. You're not going to be able to go back as far, of course, in the, uh, in the actual timer, it's only storing three strings. Right, so, right. Just a little, little info for people that are out there. If you've never thought about it or said, wow, I really need an app. Well, you know, rule of thumb is if, if you've come up with an app, there's probably, or an idea, there's probably an app for that. So sure. Sure. All right, my friend. Well, um, it's time for my second cup of coffee in the morning. Uh, this has been great. Uh, everybody, I hope you enjoyed it. You know, uh, again, uh, you know, tongue in cheek, but yeah, if you have ideas, uh, throw them on the podcast page. Uh, we'd love to hear what you'd like to listen, uh, you know, what you'd like to have us uh, talk about. Um, Steve and I are always trying to come up with good ideas, but uh, we're happy to try to, you know, serve uh, the community and uh, what they're looking for. Steve, any any final remarks? No, just good luck this weekend, Jeff. And thank you, my uh, look friend, to talking next week about
1: a recap and how the match is. I think the last time I shot that Area Six match was maybe 18. Cause I, I'm not sure, maybe they had it in 19, but I didn't attend uh, so last two years. I've heard there's been a ton of improvements to the range and that's why I was disappointed, uh, that I may not be able to go this weekend, but, um, I think the Florida state match is going to be there in a couple months as well.
0: Yeah. This Florida state. So this is, this is the first weekend of, uh, October for area six and the first weekend of December is going to be the state match. Awesome. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be great. Um, and, um, there is, a another, uh, major nestled in between those, um, which, uh, some good friends of ours, uh, up in Holt, Florida, which is up in the panhandle. Um, they are calling it the all eight steel challenge. Um, uh, that's on practice score. So if, uh, that's going to be the first weekend in November, I believe. I'm not 100% sure of the dates, but go check that out on practice score. And then, you know, then we start 2022 and, uh, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure Jamie's going to have his match up in Georgia. Um, Already on the schedule. Absolutely. Oh, is it, is it there? Great. Oh, yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. You know, the, uh, the West Florida match is moved to April, which is going to be, uh, two weeks before, uh, uh, I believe the world speed shoot.
1: And then area or maybe right after the world speed shoot I somewhere in that time.
0: Yeah. Uh hopefully we're gonna get back to normal where there's, you know it's gonna be you can almost find a major every weekend. Uh uh I it was getting that way a couple of years ago and I hope we get back to that. And uh you know it's uh it's a fun sport. I love it. Yep. I love the people. I love shooting it. And uh you know for anybody that's out there that hasn't met me, please or Steve, you know, uh I think you're not going to find two more approachable people that'll uh, sit there. Steve will shake your hand and so will I. I'll probably talk your ear off and you'll probably go, why did I ever talk to that old guy? He just talks too much.
1: <laughs> for sure. For sure. All right, Jeff, good talking to you today. All Take right.
0: Care, See you later. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.